Hello and welcome back to our devotions on the Gospel of John. Today we want to talk about the death and the resurrection of Lazarus. It's a very long chapter from verse 1 to 57, but because it is such a compelling and beautiful story, I'd like to read the entire chapter to you. And so let's listen then to John chapter 11, verses 1 to 57. Let us pray. Father, speak your truths to us. Allow us to know that we live in your kingdom and your world. And allow us then to begin to grasp what it means to live in that world. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. John chapter 11, verse 1 to 57. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after he, this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews are just now seeking to stone you and you are going there again. Jesus answered, Are there not twelve days, twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest in sleep. He meant taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So Thomas called the twin, said to his disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in a tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. Many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you seek, you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. 
When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? When Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb, it was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odour, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind them and let them go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, What are we to do? For this man performs many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him, and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man should die for the people, not that the whole nation should perish. He did not say this of his own accord, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation, not for the nation only, but also to gather into one the children of God who are scattered abroad. So from that day on, they made plans to put him to death. Jesus therefore no longer walked openly among the Jews, but went from there to the region near the wilderness, to a town called Ephraim, and there he stayed with the disciples. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Some time ago, I spoke about living in two worlds. The world, the world of our present, what we call reality, of what we can see with our physical eyes. And the world that is from Jesus, from God, what we can see only with the eyes of faith. Once again then, as we see Jesus interact with Mary, Martha, his disciples, the Jews, and even the Pharisees, we see once again this big contrast between the world of God and the world of man. And we struggle with this as the disciples did, as Mary and Martha did, struggling to make sense of the world that we cannot see with our physical eyes, but a world that is so real that we can only see with the eyes of faith. So let's look first at Mary and Martha and how they struggled to understand God and the different world that he came from. Martha and Mary were very different. Martha was the take-charge one, the ever-confident one. The moment she heard that Jesus was on his way, she rushed out to meet with Jesus and said to him, probably rather accusatorily, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And then she adds, But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And when Jesus said, Your brother will rise again, Martha said, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. 
Then, when Jesus told her that he was the resurrection, and that anyone who believed in him would not die but have life, she said, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who is coming into the world. Here we see a Martha who is full of confidence, full of faith in Jesus. She marched up to Jesus knowing that Jesus was her friend, that Jesus would listen to her. And she was disappointed and she expressed the disappointment to Jesus. And yet at the same time, she expressed her faith in Jesus. When Jesus said that he was the resurrection and life, she said, of course, I believe you. I believe all that you say, that you are the resurrection. But just shortly after, when Jesus asked for the stone to be rolled away, she said, well, he's been, Lazarus has been dead four days. This whole tomb will stink. Clearly, Martha had not understood a single thing of what she claimed to have understood. Mary, on the other hand, was a more shy, probably less confident, more retreating person. When she heard that Jesus was coming, she remained seated where she was. We may think that she was rude, she was angry with Jesus, and yet that's not true at all. Because the moment she heard that Jesus was looking for her, she dropped everything, rushed out of the house. And not, she didn't confront Jesus angrily. She fell on his feet and cried to him and said, God, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I don't think Mary was angry or was proud or was arrogant towards Jesus. I think that Mary had perhaps thought that Jesus had forgotten her. That she wasn't worthy to come to Jesus because the moment she heard that Jesus was looking for her, she was so full of joy and she rushed out. I suspect that Mary didn't dare to approach Jesus because she didn't think that she was worthy of Jesus' love. Which is very consistent with what the earlier account said about Mary being the one who would wash his feet with her tears and wipe his feet with her hair. Mary adored Jesus. But she was also too afraid to come to Jesus, thinking that she was not important enough, thinking that Jesus had forgotten her and that this family didn't matter. There are these two types in our church. The Marthas, the ones who are confident of God's love for us, who dare to approach God at any time, all the time. That's like me going to God any time and talking to Him, exuding lots of confidence in God, knowing, claiming to know all His ways. And yet, what we discover too is that like Martha, many of us who claim to know God and His ways haven't the faintest idea what we are talking about. Mary spoke of how she believed that Jesus is the Son of God, the, the Messiah, one, the resurrection from the dead. And yet, she didn't know what it was all about. Because the moment Jesus said, let's remove the stone and call Lazarus out, she balked at the idea and said, well, it's going to stink. So it is with some of us who are extremely confident about our approach to Jesus. And we really don't know the last thing about what we are talking about. But then there was Mary. Mary, the one who adored Jesus but was terrified of coming to him, because she didn't think she was important enough, she didn't think that he would appreciate her going to him. Perhaps she didn't even think that they were important enough for Jesus to hurry to their home to heal Lazarus. She didn't 
hate God, she wasn't angry with God, she was just too shy to come to God. And many of you are like this too. You say, I don't know how to pray. You dare not pray in public. I don't even know how to talk to God. And sometimes you say, I don't even know how to read the Bible. Each time I open the Bible, I don't understand a thing. You feel so far from God. And when we ask you to pray, you say, I don't know how to pray. I don't even know if Jesus will listen to me. Let me assure both these groups, the Marthas and the Marys, that we make up different types of friends that Jesus has. And Jesus loves both types. He didn't despise the Marthas, the confident, the foolishly confident ones. He loved Martha. But neither did he forget Mary. He asked for Mary personally and mentioned her by name. I'm looking for Mary. And some of you then, so afraid that God doesn't hear you, that you're too small for him. And God actually loves you so deeply. He wants you to come to him. He wants you to talk to him, to mention your disappointments, your longings, your wishes. When Mary, when he saw Mary's distraught look, Jesus wept. He was so full of emotion and compassion for Mary, the one who didn't dare to approach him, that he wept at her despair. The second thing that I want us to understand then about the world of Jesus is that he marches to a very different drum, drum beat. He doesn't follow our ways, he doesn't follow the ways that we expect any person to follow because he lives in a different world, but a world that is so much more true. First of all, we notice that when Jesus heard that Lazarus was very ill, he stayed on for another two days and taking the time to travel and all that. He was four days late after Lazarus had died. No normal, sane human being cared for his friends would do that. Imagine pastor being called to an emergency and saying, well, let's, let's just wait a few more days. That's just not thinkable. And often we have expectations of Jesus that disappoints us again and again. We ask for things from him and he's slow to answer, doesn't seem to hear. And yet when we look at the backstory, what was really happening, Jesus wanted Mary, Martha and some Jews and his disciples to know that he could raise the dead. Jesus had his reasons and as far as we can see from physical realm, Jesus was incomprehensible. So it is with much of what we ask of God and of Jesus. We ask him for many things that are important to us, so important to our survival, to our joy. Jesus is so silent. God is so silent. doesn't mean that God doesn't care. It means that he does have good reasons, deeper, more wonderful reasons. Like when Paul the Apostle asked God to remove the thorn from his side and God said, no, I'm not doing it for you. Not because God thought he was rude or he was too demanding. God simply said no to him because God wanted him to experience something far more than he had ever experienced before. The ability to rest in him, 
even in his pain. And he would, his faith, Paul's faith then grew exponentially because he saw that it was his, in his weakness that God was most powerful. The second thing we think we see of Jesus marching to different beat was that when the, his disciples cautioned Jesus and said, no, you can't go back to Judea, you can't go back to Jerusalem. Can't you see that people are after you and about to take your life? Instead of saying, taking that advice, he said in a very, um, very mysterious way, are there not 12 days in the, 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. If anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. What Jesus was saying is that the dangers of life are not those that present themselves. You may think that it's dangerous to walk to Jerusalem. I don't think so, Jesus was saying. I tell you what is dangerous. What is dangerous is when you fail to do the right things. And what is life-giving is when you do the right things. Whether there were dangers lurking around, threats of Jews seeking his life were irrelevant to Jesus. Those weren't life-threatening. One could try one's best to save one's life and still lose it. But what one loses more than all of this is that one loses true life when one fails to walk in the dark. Many of us are governed by fears and threats, the things that may happen to us. Sometimes when we want to speak the truth, we are afraid of opposition, we are afraid of people contradicting us, of people even hurting us for the things that we say, the truth and the good things that we do. And we need to remember then that we live in a very different world. One, a world where dangers are what we see with our eyes, the people who are against us, people who want to hurt us, people who will take us down. But we need to look at a different world, the world of Jesus, where the thing that will do us in is disobedience or failure to walk in the light. And the thing that gives us life is walking the light, doing that which is right. And when we do that which is right, God has his way. And even if it leads to pain, the pain is not for long because there will be redemption and there will be vindication. Let's learn to walk the way of Jesus. And then we think a third one was Jesus spoke about him being the resurrection from the dead. Sometimes we take this Jesus raising Lazarus as a norm and we say, well, if Jesus could raise Lazarus, he could raise any of our dead as well. And I know that some faith healers go to the extreme and believe that there should not be death until maybe one is 90 years old. Yet, I don't think that was what Jesus was doing this, in this uh, living parable. What Jesus was assuring us is that indeed those who believe in him will not die, but will pass on right to life. And what he showed then was that Lazarus was alive. That though he died, he was alive and he could remain on earth. But this one is an example of what really happens in the, in the world of Jesus, in the world of God. That when we die, 
we go straight up to God, still alive, we pass through death and we continue to live. The difference, of course, is that it is a timing thing. God wants us to be with Him. And God takes us home to Him. Not that we die, not that we rot, not that we even sleep for a thousand years, but that we pass from death to life. We may not be resurrected on earth, but for sure we do not die, but we go straight to be with our Lord. Once again, we need that the godly eyes, the eyes of faith, to believe that Jesus said that Lazarus was just sleeping. He meant it for all of us too. In Lazarus's case, Jesus left him on earth. In most other cases, Jesus takes us back to heaven. But either way, we do not die. Now we want to look at the Pharisees and the leaders of the religion. When the Pharisees saw all that Jesus was doing, they were worried. And they said, if we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. They're concerned. They were not jealous. They were concerned for the nation. They were afraid that if Jesus became so famous, everyone would run to him. And then the Romans would take over and destroy their place. And Caiaphas had an even more brilliant idea. Well, let's not just worry about him. Let's just kill him. Because it makes sense to kill this man and save the entire nation. And so we have a few thoughts about this. The first thought is, what governs our lives? Is it fear? Or is there a greater longing to see God at work? You see, Jesus had just done a fantastic miracle, an unbelievable miracle. He had just raised a dead man to life. Anyone who sees God doing such a work would be so intoxicated by wonder at God. And yet, the only thing on the minds of the Pharisees was the danger that confronted them. If people follow Jesus, the Romans will destroy our country. This is not wise, they thought. And so often as we live in church, as we do church, we're also so afraid of many things that might happen many consequences of things that we fail to see the powerful work that God is doing I want us to begin to focus on God and work. it doesn't mean that we throw all caution to the wind but it does mean that we focus our eyes on Jesus to see the miraculous work that he's doing in our church how he transforms lives how he brings people and heals their hearts and their sicknesses Focus on those things and let that drive your life. My insatiable desire to know, to see the goodness, the power of God led me through a very unusual journey. I saw how God had transformed a man accused of murder to tell the truth out of love for Jesus. And that captured my, my whole imagination. I just couldn't believe that God would do such a thing to a person, that a person could change so dramatically. That it sent me to a halfway house, first to give tuition and then to live in the halfway house, and then to serve there and become a pastor and end up in prison too. All because I saw what God could do 
to broken, sinful men and women. And I wanted so much to see that again and again. May the power and the goodness of God allow you to throw away your fears and take steps of faith, of courage, simply because you want to see God do more and more of His mighty miracles. If this could happen to our church, that we could see in, in awe at the goodness and the power of God, we will be different. We will want to take action, take risks, even be willing to lose certain things that we may pursue what we have seen of God do. The other thing, of course, is that sometimes, very often, evil triumphs against good. Caiaphas had this great, evil, terrible idea. He said, let one man die and save the nation. That was a brainwave. I mean, all the other Pharisees were terrified, worried that Jesus would cause the downfall of the nation. And Caiaphas, the genius, the prophet and the priest of that day prophesied, as the Gospel of John said, just let one man die for the nation. Just kill that guy. And sometimes we see evil prevail in such powerful ways. Just let evil, let's just do the evil. And we stare on in helplessness as we see evil take place against good. But what the author, what John the Evangelist says, looking back, was that even this evil statement was a prophecy from God through Caiaphas, the high priest. He meant it very differently. He meant, let's kill that man. But God meant that the death of Jesus would restore the nation of Israel and the people around the world. And so as we see evil prevail again and again, let's take heart. God is fully in control that he could even put an evil, put words into an evil high priest to fulfill his wonderful plans of salvation. God can also use your bosses, your people who hate you to do his wonderful work. Do take heart of that because God cares. He's concerned and he's able to make all things good out of things that are bad. Let us pray. Father, help us to understand your world. Help us to understand the things that you do in your world. Begin to take our eyes off our world, the things that we can see with only our physical eyes. And then, Lord, allow us to see things with eyes of faith. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well then, have a really blessed weekend. I do look forward to seeing all of you, um, as many as you can, even as um, the government now is beginning to lift restrictions. I do hope that you will continue to join us. And I really appreciate you when you attend online and um, faithfulness in that 
put something in me tells me I want to meet you guys as well. I want to see your faces. I want to say hello to you and get to know you a little more. So yeah, do make an effort to come to church uh, physically. But if you cannot or do not, then do have a blessed time as you worship with us online as well. Well then, God bless you and goodbye.